Hey there, it's Ron. Thanks so much to everyone who came out to our all-artist performance at Dink and our Denver Zine Fest benefit show. If you weren't able to attend either, don't worry, take heart. Some of those lovely stories will be almost certainly gracing the podcast sphere sometime soon. In the meantime, our next live show will take place on Wednesday, April 19th in Denver. The theme will be Jinx. See you there. Next storyteller. All right, next storyteller. Next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Welcome to the Narrators Podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. Today's story comes from Colorado legend and snappy dresser Eric Isle. Eric's story was recorded live on February 15th, 2017 at Bumpport Theater in Denver, Colorado. The theme of the evening was Red Handed. So uh, exactly one month and one day ago today, my wife and I celebrated our fifth wedding anniversary. Thank you. That wasn't even an applause line. Um, and uh, it was obviously it was a happy occasion, and we celebrated, as old people do, quietly, uh, sitting on a porch. She with a glass of wine, I with a beer, uh, looking out over the lights and beautiful waters of Mission Bay, and it was a serene and connected moment amidst a hectic and hubbubby uh, family trip to San Diego. And in those kinds of moments, it's classic and sort of cliche for couples to stare into each other's eyes and uh, reflect upon how lucky they are to have found each other. And that was true for us, except I'm seriously and literally lucky to be with my wife, Mare. And, you know, people sometimes say, like, oh, I don't deserve you. Um, I don't <laughs> deserve to be with Mare. She, she is this uh, uh, beautiful and brilliant and smart and sexy, thoughtful force for good in the world. And I'm kind of an asshole. Um, and it only just now occurs to me that the last time I told a story at the narrators, which was a long time ago at the deer pile, um, some of you have heard of it. Um, uh, it was also a story about my being an asshole. Um, am I trying to work something out? Maybe. Probably. Yes. Um, The, uh, the, the, thing, the thing about it is, uh, is Mare and I met um, on social media, which shouldn't be shameful, but I feel kind of ashamed saying it. Um, depending on who you ask, we either met on MySpace or Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Since I'm the one telling the story tonight, it's on Facebook. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and when we connected on Facebook, uh, we were both dating a lot. Uh, we'd both been married, divorced, and we were in a dating phase, a flirtatious phase. And because we were dating many people and we were working a lot, we had a hard time finding time to connect and meet in person. Um, so 
I don't, I should, I should just tell you. I should just, I should just be up, up front with you about this. Um, how do I say this? <laughs> when I say that I'm an asshole, some of you may feel like, oh, you know, he's being modest or self-deprecating for a humorous effect. Um, but, but I really need to, I really need to take you back, and I need to take you back to our, our second date. So, as I mentioned, I. We met, on fa- we met on Facebook, and, uh, and because we couldn't find time to get together, we ended up flirting back and forth via Facebook messages for about a month until we finally met in person. And, uh, and when we finally met in person, even though you know, we were dating a lot of people, it was really remarkable and memorable moment for me. I, uh, I liked Mayor a lot, or pretty much right away. And after that first date, I knew I wanted to see her again. And the trouble was finding the time. Well, one night, I was going to pick up a friend and we were going to go see some live music at the Old Curtis. Anybody remember the Old Curtis? Uh, downtown Denver dive that almost nobody remembers anymore. Um, so, I, I, but I got off work and the music wasn't going to start until like, what, nine, ten. Uh, so I had some time. Uh, and so I thought with that precious time, I would try to connect with Mare. And so I called her and asked if she wanted to meet for a drink. And amazingly, she was both available and willing to meet for a drink. And, uh, and so I found her at the bar at Duo in the Highlands. And uh, she was wearing this red dress. I'm going to stop and think about that for a minute. And also, she was smart and funny and interesting. And, uh, and the time flew by, and we had some food, and we had some drinks, and uh, I didn't want it to end. But I needed to meet up with this friend. So I told Mare, I'm meeting up with this friend for some live music. Do you want to join us? And she said, yes. Here's the thing. this friend that I was supposed to meet? She was less of a friend. (laughs) More of an ex-girlfriend. Somebody that I had stopped dating but hadn't totally stopped sleeping with. Some of you know. (laughs) Here's, Here's another thing. Uh, I, didn't, I don't think I knew this at the time, but I was actually falling pretty hard for Mare at the time, right there and there. And, uh, and because I was falling so hard, I, for some reason, didn't think it was a bad idea <laughs> to invite her <laughs> to be a third wheel on this non-date with my ex-girlfriend. I, I just wanted to keep hanging out with her and uh, rationalize my way into this Frankly, a horrible idea. Um, one last thing. Uh, I also wasn't totally upfront with Mayor about who this friend was. Just a friend was pretty much the extent of my cowardly disclosure. Um, so I called this friend, my ex-girlfriend, and I told her, hey, plans have changed. I'm going to bring another friend. <laughs> That's right. 
And uh, why don't you just meet us there, and I won't pick you up. I'll just interrupt the story for a second. Uh, how many folks at this point agree that I'm an asshole in this story? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Okay, there's, there's a bunch of you on my side, and it's not fair. Um, you probably just need to hear the rest of the story. So, so I hung up the phone, and Mare and I moved our date from the Highlands to downtown Denver. And uh, we had a little bit of time, so I suggested we get a drink at Bar Bar. Anybody been to Bar Bar? Yes, right. Uh, so, so as we conversed and quaffed our PBRs, uh, the romantic energy between us warmed up. And, uh, and by the time we made the short walk from Bar Bar to the old Curtis, um, we had our first kiss. And we arrived up at the old Curtis right around the same time as my ex-girlfriend. And we got our drinks and we grabbed some seats near the stage. And we sat, girl, boy, girl. <laughs> Mare on my right, the ex on my left. And we, you know, made small talk before the first band hit the stage. And when the music started and it got too loud to talk, I reached over with my right hand to give Mare one of those telltale middle-of-the-back circular rubs. You know the kind I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Weird. Uh, but, but you're right. And uh, I thought it was innocuous, and apparently I also thought it was invisible. Um, but the ex-girlfriend hissed into my ear, Are you on a date? With uh, a level of incredulity uh, that was, to be honest, Totally understandable. <laughs> well, I totally hedged. It, it didn't start that way, but uh, she didn't even let me finish my lame-ass bullshit response. She hopped out of her chair, violently threw on her jacket, orally ejaculated further incredulity. <laughs> I said ejaculated, that's true. And I didn't try to stop her from storming out. Um, and she probably wasn't gone for more than five minutes when I started receiving justifiably angry texts. And obviously this whole scene wasn't lost on Mare, uh, who, when she saw me looking at her, my phone, said very kindly, you know, if you need to step outside and make a call, I totally understand. And here's the thing, my wife is not a pushover, she's nobody's doormat. And so I really don't understand why she was so very kind and generous to me in that moment. Uh, but I have a hypothesis, uh, which is that she really just wasn't that into me at the time. <laughs> and so my completely asshole-ish maneuver really didn't matter to her that much. But I said, you know, no, that wasn't necessary. And we continued to enjoy the music and enjoy our drinks and enjoy each other's company. Uh, but when we left the old Curtis in our separate vehicles that night, I knew that I was never going to see either of these two women again. <laughs> I had royally screwed it up. And the next morning, I woke up feeling awful and dirty and guilty. 
And the first thing I did was actually send a text to my ex-girlfriend, and I apologized for the way I treated her, and said that I completely understood if she never wanted to hear from me again. And in fact, I suggested that that might be a good idea. Um, and the second thing I did was I texted Mayor and apologized for putting her in that situation. Um, and said, as I've said to you, uh, that my judgment was just clouded by how much I liked her. And I also said, by the way, I totally understand if you never want to hear from me again. Um, and the weird thing happened, a crazy thing, which is that she said she'd like to do it again sometime. And uh, to be clear, the it that she wanted to do again was not a threesome <laughs> date with my ex-girlfriend. Uh, but we went on more dates together, uh, just the two of us. And uh, uh, after a while, we stopped dating all those other people we were dating. And then we moved in together, and five years ago, we got married, which is kind of a happy ending. But, uh, but here's the thing. Um, I don't know about you all, but for me, these kinds of major social faux pas stick with me for fucking ever. I still feel awful and dirty and guilty for how I treated both of them. I never should have put them in that situation. I know that. And I actually hate that part of myself, that selfish and self-absorbed part of myself that thought it was okay to maybe hurt somebody in a way that would benefit me. Um, but if there's a bright side to being caught red-handed being a selfish asshole, it's this. I am a more honest person today more honest, not honest, just more honest. <laughs> and I try to be more honest with myself and with others. And I'm a long way from the guy who invited his wife on a date with his ex-girlfriend. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm not still an asshole, uh, just that I am trying every single day to deserve the woman I married. And that, I think, is all any of us can do. Thanks. Thank you, Eric. Keep it going for Eric Isle and all of your storytellers tonight. The Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our assistant producer is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvidal. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors. Illegal Pete's, Sexy Pizza, From the Hip Photo, and Renegade Brewing Company. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And join us at one of our live monthly shows, which take place every second Tuesday of the month at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego, California, and every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theater in Denver, Colorado. Both shows start at 8 p.m. and are always free to attend. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter, and for past episodes, photos from our live shows, and a list of our upcoming events and themes, please visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening.